I recently heard about a story about a girl named Liz who was dying from a rare and serious disease. And it seemed that the only way she was going to recover, have any chance, was for a blood transfusion. Now her five-year-old brother the year before had miraculously survived the same disease and was able to build up the antibodies in his system in order to beat it. And so the parents and the doctor sat down with this five-year-old boy and told him the situation and asked if he'd be willing to give his sister his blood. After just a quick moment, the, the little boy said to the doctors and to his parents, if it will save her life, I will give her my blood. And so the doctors made all the preparations and they laid the two children on the gurneys and on the beds and they started the blood transfusion and all was going well and the little boy looked at his big sister with sm- as, as uh, color came back to her face and his heart was so full of joy and then in a moment he laid back on the pillow and his, f- his grin kind of f- faded away, his smile faded away and his kind of became a little more flush and he looked to the doctor and he says, Will I die right away? You see, what this little boy didn't understand or what he misunderstood is that he thought he had to give his sister all of his blood. All of his blood. He thought he loved his sister so much so that he was willing to die instead of her as her substitute. Now, love, love, love is, is, a, is a big thing, it's a, it's, a, it's a big concept, but it's more than a feeling, and it's, and it's greater than something we fall into and fall out of. In fact, someone once said that love is the ongoing sacrifice of our own desires for the ongoing well-being of others. And isn't that really the heart of the Christmas story, of the story we just heard? The heart of the Christmas story is love. It's the thing that God wants to lavish on all of us today. See, 1 John 4, 7, it tells us this. He says, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, and whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. For no one has seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. You see, this love, this gift of love is why God became flesh. It is why he lived with us, and it's why he died for us. God's great love for you and me compelled him to become our substitute so that we could love God in return. Just tonight, as we gather around his word. I just want to give you three quick thoughts as we talk about this idea of Christmas love and what this means for us. The first thing we need to understand about love is that love actually comes from God. You know, it didn't originate with mankind and it won't end with mankind. No matter how much we love, and I'm sure many of us love our spouse, or we love our children, you know, we love our family members as much as we love one another, our love isn't perfect. Our love is flawed. Our love is 
broken, dare I say, our love is a little bit selfish, right? But the love that God has, the idea that God is love is not only fundamental to the understanding the true Christmas story, but it's fundamental to even understanding the very nature of who God is. You see, love began with God. Why? Because God is love's source. The source of love comes from God. We believe that we serve one God, as Scripture tells us, one God represented in the persons of three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, why is this important? Well, because with love cannot exist without another. The only way that love can exist is there has to be another to love. You see, without love, God can be just, Without another, God can be kind. Without another, God can be powerful and generous. Without, God, without love, he can be all of these things, but he cannot be love. He needs another to become love. See, when he gives you love, he is giving you a part of himself. He's given you access to know and to receive him, not just a feeling, not just a moment, not just an infatuation. Love is knowing God, for God is love. The second thing we need to know about love is that love, what does it do? It makes us vulnerable, doesn't it? Man, does it ever make us vulnerable. When you love someone, what do you do? You open up your heart, you open up yourself to them, to the possibility of getting hurt. Listen, if you're a Maple Leafs fan here today, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? You want you, you I, I love them, but I'm opening up my possibility of getting hurt. This season's probably not going to go the way we all anticipate it, but it's just part of being a fan. See, when you invest yourself in into something, you put your heart on the line, anything can happen. See, no one can hurt you more than those that you love. I love how the author C.S. Lewis, he writes it this way. He says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of, it, if you want to make sure of keeping it intact, then you must not give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it up carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up in a safe and in the casket or the coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, in that safe, darkness, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken, but it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. And some of us know exactly what that's like, don't we? We've, we've been down this road before. We have risked and we have been burned. Your hopes were dashed and you were left broken. And so you've pulled back and what do we do? We develop this sort of Eeyore complex. You know Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Life is just okay. You know, it's, it's kind of like, oh man, just okay. You know, this kind of complex Sorry, I'm just, I'm just destroying E-R, E-E-R for you. But what is this complex? What's this thinking? Which It's this thinking is, listen, if I don't expect much, well, then I won't be let down. If I don't expect much from you, if I don't give you my heart, if I don't give you my life, if I don't give you my love, then I won't be let down when you burn me because it's inevitable you're going to let me down. Because what does love do? Love makes us vulnerable. You see, when you love someone, what else happens? It means your fate is tied to their future, Right? Like your fate is tied to the future. And, and no other example is better formed than this than a parent 
and a child. When, when you have a child, when you see your child in pain, you yourself as a parent are in pain. You hurt with them and you hurt for them. It's just part of love. It's the vulnerability of love. I remember one time uh, Carter was just learning how to ride a tricycle. He was learning how to ride a bike. He had sort of like the training wheels on his bike. And we were going for a walk. We were coming home from the park one day. We were living in St. Catharines. And I remember walking down the sidewalk of this road, this kind of older community and there's cars parked along the side road, lots of overgrown trees. And Carter was just outside of my reach. He was, he was, kind, of, he was kind of going. He got excited. He was way ahead of me. And at, in the distance, as he was going towards our home, I could see another car driving this way. And I knew that car was going to pull into his home, into his driveway. But because of all the road, the cars on the road and the overgrown trees, he didn't see Carter. Carter was just small. And I'm watching this take place, and I'm running after him frantically. My, my flippers, my sandals come flying off my feet. I'm yelling at his name to stop. Uh, my heart is breaking for what I know is going to take place. Something bad is about to happen, and, and Carter's going to get hurt. And I'm hurting, just preparing myself for this pain. And no matter what I could do, no matter how hard I could run, no matter how hard I yelled, I could not stop the impact. Now, fortunately, he was driving into his driveway, so it wasn't going too fast, and he only knocked Carter off his bike. But I can tell you what, as a parent, my heart was breaking. And I believe that's what the Christmas story is, this, this gift of love. It's God deciding to become breakable. It's God leaving the throne room of heaven and coming down as a baby to become vulnerable for you and for me. You see, what is more vulnerable than a baby in a manger? And Jesus comes down and he becomes vulnerable for you. This love, this vulnerability, what does it do? It makes him accessible. It makes him accessible. But not only is, does love make us vulnerable, love always comes at a cost. It always comes at a cost. See, love isn't free. Love isn't cheap. I mean, true love always comes at a cost. We know this, right? Especially in this season of Christmas, as we love on those, we, we want to buy things for them. We understand the investments, not just the finances, but our time and our heart, our emotions. Listen, love costs us something. When we give somebody our heart, it, we have to give up something in return. And this is the true story. It was, it was read at the end of the story, this John 3.16. This is the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of scripture. Jesus was born on Christmas to die at Easter. There was the mission, his rescue mission. And John 3.16, this, this foundational scripture tells it all and lets us know the cost. He says, for God so loved the world, so loved you that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so here's the good and the bad news of this love. The good news is this, is that he loves you as you are. The good news is, is he loves you as you are, not as you should be, not as you could be, not as you must be. He loves you as you are. All of your successes, all of the ugliness, all of the shame, all of the things you tried to hide. He loves you as you are, so he gave his son to become the sacrifice, to become the atonement for your sin, to die in your place. It cost him his son. That shows the value that he places on you and me. But here's the bad news. 
The bad news for us today is that if we accept this gift of love, if we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, then we now also have to die for Him. We have to die to our own selfish ambitions. We have to die to our own default way of thinking and living, to our selfishness. We have to die to be transformed by Him so that our life can look like Jesus. See, the Christmas story is a story about God choosing to make himself vulnerable, paying the ultimate cost for love for you. And today, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what guilt you carry, what shame you find yourself in, you get to receive this gift of love today. You get to receive Jesus And I guarantee you, it'll be the best gift you receive this year. It will be the best. It will change your life. All you have to do is receive it. God has already done the work. He sent his son into the world. He's he's created the bridge between God and us. He's created the bridge between us. And we get to receive him today. You simply have to say yes. And so today, here's my challenge. Maybe you've received this gift before but maybe you just haven't leaned into it. Maybe you haven't responded. Maybe you haven't, it's sort of become, it's become full of dust in the back of your closet. Maybe it's time to break it out again and receive his love and lean into it. Allow his love to transform you. But maybe you're here today and you've never received this gift of love. You have this opportunity now to acknowledge your need for him and allow him to change your life. I'm gonna say a word of prayer in just a moment before we sing Silent Night and before we close out our service. But as I pray, the first part of this prayer is going to be an opportunity for you to invite Jesus into your heart. I'm going to say a prayer, and in your own words, in your own ways, you can repeat this prayer in your own heart. and You can receive this gift of love even today, this gift of Jesus. And then I'm going to close in prayer together, and then we're going to invite you to sing Silent Night with us as a prayer and as our close tonight. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your great love for us. We thank you, Lord, that you loved us as we are, but you love us too much to leave us the way we are. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal yourself to us today very personally, very truly, just in a real way that we cannot deny. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus into your life, you've never received this gift of love, I'm going to say this prayer. I want you to repeat after me. Say, thank you for loving me just the way I am and for loving me enough not to leave me the way I am. I believe that you came into my darkness and that you died for my sins and that you rose again so that I could be made new. And as much as I know now, I want to follow you. So please come into my life and make me a new person from the inside out. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of your saving grace. So today, Jesus, I receive your gift of love. I receive forgiveness and salvation through faith and commit to following you wholeheartedly precious name we pray this. Amen. Amen. God bless you today.